This episode has been brought to you by Project Ikute Torah, where we are here to help you learn, live, and love Torah Or and Lakute Torah. To learn more about us, visit projectikutetorah.org. This week, we're learning the Sikhah Papashas Titzavah, Sikhah Mutafshinun Beis. In Sefer HaSikhah Tafshinun Beis, there's actually two Sikhahs Papashas Titzavah, so we're learning the first one. The Sikhah could be found in Sefer HaSikhah Tafshinun Beis, Shalik Beis, page 394. And the Rebbe starts off by saying that Parshas Titzavah is the only Parsha in the Torah after Moshe Rabbeinu was born on Zion Ador, Zion Ador Rishon, Parsha, which does not have Moshe Rabbeinu's name uh, specified in the Parsha. And we find two general reasons why it is that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned in Parsha's Tetzavah. The first reason given is that since Moshe Rabbeinu passed away on Zion Ador, Zion Ador Rishon, so there is a hint for the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away in the parsha of the Torah that we always read close to the Zman, close to the time of his Istalpus. So since Parshas Tetzalve is always read or often read right next to Zion Ador, since Zion Ador Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, so there's a remit for that by not mentioning Moshe Rabbeinu's name. A second reason given is Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Eibishter, V'im'ayin mecheni nam besifrucha. Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Eibishter, when the Eibishter wanted to chas v'sholem destroy the Yidl, Moshe Rabbeinu asked for the forgiveness for the Yidl, and he said, and if not, erase me from the Sefer that you have written. Since we know that a klola, that a curse of a chacham, of a tzadik, even if it's made on condition, and the condition didn't end up taking place, nevertheless the curse comes to be in some way or other, so therefore, even though the Eibishter gave into Moshe Rabbeinu's request, so in other words, the condition didn't actually take place, and the Eibishter didn't destroy the Yidden, nevertheless, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu said he raised my name from the Torah, that did end up happening, at least in regards to one parsha of the Torah, and that's Parsha's Tetzalah. So the Rebbe says we need to understand, we need clarification in both of these reasons. Regarding the reason that we say, that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away on Zion Ador. So the question is, we know that even though Moshe Rabbeinu passed away on Zion Ador, Moshe Rabbeinu was also born in Zion Ador. In fact, the Gemara says this in connection to the fact that Moshe Hamlet made a and he was happy that his goyrol, the lottery that he made, had fallen out in the month that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. He didn't realize that Moshe Rabbeinu was also born then. And as the Chazal tell us, and Rashi explains, that Kedayu Haleido, Kedayu Yoim Haleido, that the birth is so great that it wipes away the effect, the negative effect of that which Misa, of the passing away. So if that's the case, why is it that the Torah is hinting on the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away by not mentioning his name, rather than mentioning the fact that he was born, which wipes away any trace and any effect of the negative aspect of the fact that he passed away. Says the Rebbe regarding the second reason. The second reason that we said is that Moshe Rabbeinu himself said, erase me from your Sefer. So the question is like this. Since Moshe Rabbeinu said this, after the story with the Cheto Ego, after Shiva Servatamuz with the story of the breaking of the Lucas and so on, the Torah records this whole story in the Parsha that's after Parsha's Tetzav. It's Parsha's Kisisa. So why is it that the fulfillment of this of this curse in a sense, ends up being discussed in Parsha's Tetzav? Which, yes, of course, is close to Zion Adar, but it's being discussed in Parsha's Tetzav before the story is even told in Parsha's Kisisa. And the question is even stronger, according to the opinions, that in the order of the Torah, Parshas Tetzave, in fact, did happen before Chetoegel, meaning to say it's not only recorded in the Torah before Chetoegel, but it also happened before Chetoegel. So how then does it make sense that Moshe Rabbeinu's name should be erased, specifically in a Parsha that's even before the story of the Chetoegel? The Rebbe asks and says, we also need to understand the connection between these two reasons. Since they are both reasons for the same thing, 
it makes sense that there is some sort of connection in between them. In other words, the two ideas of Moshe Rabbeinu's passing on Zion Ador, as well as the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu asking for his name to be erased from the Torah. Says the Rebbe in Save Bates. We can understand all of this by first explaining the very great advantage and quality that happens to the month of Ador because Moshe Rabbeinu was born on Zion Ador. And the Rebbe explains in more detail something that we just mentioned a moment ago. Regarding Chodesh Adar, the Gemara says that when Haman's lottery fell out on Chodesh Adar, Haman was very, very happy because he said that the lottery had fallen out in the month that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. So in other words, he's focusing on the fact that it was the month that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. He didn't realize that on the 7th of Adar, Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, and on the 7th of Adar, he was also born. So in other words, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was born on the 7th of Adar, it has an impact and it transforms the whole month of Adar, as the Megillah says, the whole month was transformed into a month of happiness. As in fact, as the Gemara says, as soon as Adar comes in, already we're already increasing in happiness. Also, as the Gemara says, that the month of Adar has a special bori mazli, especially special healthy and strong mazl. In other words, we find these unique things regarding Chodesh Adar that we don't find in regards to the rest of the months of the year. And the Rebbe asks, from the words of the Gemara, it seems to be that the birth of Moshe has the power to remove, to get rid of the negative things that happen in this month which is that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, and that's exactly why Haman was happy. So from that we, we see, in other words, that there was something negative. Muhammad didn't realize there was also something positive, so it seems to be that now we're back to square one, so to speak. So the question is, why is it a reason that this month should be a happier month than all other months of the year? In other words, yes, there was something negative, there was something positive, and now Lechoyre, there's no reason for it to be a greater, happier month than the rest of the months of the year. Speaking, of course, before Purim takes place. The Rebbe says this question becomes even stronger looking at the Medrashim of Chazal regarding the Goyrul of Haman. And the Medrash relates as follows. When Haman or Russia wanted to destroy the Eden, he says, how am I going to be able to get my power over them? How am I going to be able to overcome them? I'm going to be throwing lotteries. And the Medrash goes on to say how he goes through the various different months. He starts with Chodesh Nisan and he realizes there's the schools of Pesach. And he thinks about the Chodesh Eor and he realizes that there's what's called over here Pesach Aton or we call it Pesach Shani. And he goes through the various different um, qualities and merits of all the other 11 months until Chodesh Adar comes along and Haman says... Chodesh Adar doesn't have any skutum. Chodesh Adar doesn't have any merits. Then Haman starts looking at the Mazois and the various different signs in the heavens, the configuration of the stars called the Mazois. And he says, we have the first one is Mazal Tuleh of the sheep, which is in Chodesh Nisan. Well, that's the sheep of Pesach. So once again, it's Chus for on the carving Pesach. Once again, it's Chus for the Yidin. You have one of the mazolis is the mazol of the shoyer of the ox. That's Yosef is compared to an ox. Once again, it's kus. And again, he goes through all the different mazolis, these different configurations of the stars and the planets and so on, of all the 11 months of the year. Till finally, he comes to mazol dogim, the mazol of the month of Ador. And here he looks at dogim and he says, this doesn't seem to have any, any sort of merit. Immediately, Haman was so excited and he's so happy and he says, Adur doesn't have a schus. The mazel doesn't have a schus. Not only that, Moshe Rabbeinu the Rebbe passed away in the month of Adur. So this is why he's so excited. This seems to be his lucky month. Haman didn't realize that really, in Adur, Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, but he was also born there. He born then. Just to note over here, there's various different Gersois on the date of Adar. The Rebbe discusses it in the footnotes. I'm not going to go into that right now. But Haman said that just like fish swallow each other, I will swallow the Eden. Said the Avish to Russia. 
fish sometimes get swallowed and sometimes swallow. But this time, you, Holman that is, you are going to become one of those that are going to be swallowed by the fish. So all of this seems to be emphasizing even more that what Moishe Rabbeinu's birth achieved was just taking away any negative trace of the fact that he hadn't that he passed away in this month. Similar to the idea of fish, which is, Haman thought that he is going to swallow the other fish, so to speak, the Yidden. But nevertheless, as Hashem tells him, sometimes they get swallowed, sometimes they swallow. So in other words, technically speaking, the month still remains a time that there is no kus. And the, the mazel doesn't have a schus. It is only in this case, Hamlet was wrong. And because of Loi Shirabeyu's birth, it's going to take away the negative impact of his passing. And the Yidden are going to come out at the top of the sun. But surely it does not seem like Adar in any way is still greater and better than all the rest of the months of the year. So that I've explained in Sir Gil, based on a famous concept, that on the birthday of a person, the birthday of a Yid, so his mazel is especially strong on that day, assisting him and helping him and so on. The concept is called mazoloi goiver. The mazel of the day is helping the person and assisting him. To use the words of a positive, the govar Yisrael, that the yid will become strong and overpower and so on. If that's the case, when we speak about the Yomirled is the birthday of Moshe Rabbeinu, which Moshe, who Yisrael, Moshe represents all of the yid, Moshe is all the yid. And all the Yidden are Moshe. We know the concept that the Nosti Adoir is like the whole generation, and Hanosti Uakoil, the Nosti is everything. If that's the case, so the Yoimoi letters of the Nosti is the Mazoli Goiver of all of the Yidden. In other words, every Yid's birthday is Mazoli Goiver. His Mazal is especially strong. The Yomiletis of the Nosti. The Mazalam, all the Eden are especially strong. And of course, this is true not only regarding Moshe Rabbeinu himself, but since there is this Pashtus of the Moshe, there's an extension of Moshe Rabbeinu in every generation. So this is true also with the leaders of the Eden, with the Moshe Rabbeinus of all generations. Says the Rebbe, if that's the case, we can now understand regarding the special Mazal of the month that Moshe Rabbeinu was born in. Since we said Moshe Rabbeinu, who is all, Moshe Rabbeinu embodies all of the Eden. So that's now going to help the mazel of the mouth that all the Yidden's mazel should be strong in this month. And that's exactly the pshat of what the Gemara says, that Adar has a specially strong and healthy mazel. In other words, because Loisha Rabbeinu was born on the seventh day of the month of Adar, this causes that the whole mouth should have bori mazel, should have a strong and healthy mazel. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can now understand what the Medrash means when it says. Then Hamlet didn't realize that on Zion, Adar Moshe Rabbeinu was born. So what is the Medrash actually saying? This is actually in response to what the Medrash originally said, that Hamlet thought that Adar doesn't have a schus and doesn't have a mazel. So what the Medrash is now coming along and saying, that the month of Adar doesn't need a special schus and a special mazel, as is the case with all the other months that needed some sort of special schus and a special mazel, the mazel of Pesach, and so on. Why is that? Because the month of Adar has something so much greater than the regular zechutin, so to speak, of the month itself. We have over here that the mazel of the Yidin are especially strong, because this is the time that Moshe Rabbeinu was born, which in a sense is the birth of all of the Yidin. He is born in the month of Adar, and this causes a special help for the Yidin and a special help for the mazel of this Kodesh, that the mazel of the Yidin should be especially strong, even though the Kodesh itself, the month itself, seems to have no particular mazel. Says the Rebbe Zivdalot, via the fact, the Rebbe says, we could say, the fact that the mazel of the Yidin is especially strong in Kodesh Adar because of the birth of Moshe, this is also noticeable in the fact that which month gets a double of it, in a leap year, like the year the Rebbe was saying the Sizzle, which month is the one that gets two of the month? And that is that the double month is Chodesh Adar. Two months together, 60 days. And it is specifically the month of Adar that helps to align, to synchronize the, the lunar year and the solar year, to align them to make that any days missing 
in the lunar year should now be able to be filled up. And in fact, when we have a, a leap year, it's called a Shana to me, what's it called a complete year. Now it became even bigger than the solar year. And the Rebbe explains, because generally we know that the months of the year, we count according to the moon, the lunar year. That's because Yidin are specifically connected to the moon, and we count our months according to the moon. And we are going to be renewed aligned to the moon. Where is the going count and are similar to the sun? And therefore, says the Rebbe, that it is specifically the month of Ador, the month that has a specially strong muscle of the Yidin. This is the one that makes that the lunar year should be that much stronger and that much more powerful for, first of all, again, aligning with the solar year, and in a sense, becoming even a bigger year than the solar year. And the Rebbe explains this in more de- detail. The Rebbe says, number one, when we have an Adam in a leap year, so this includes two months. In other words, that when we say that there's the Chidush of the moon, when the moon is being renewed in the month of Ador, and we, again, we said that when the moon is renewed, it really represents the renewal of the Yidin. Now, since there's a double Ador, what it means is a double strength of renewal for the Yidin. Point number one. Point number two. When we have the double Ador, we have 60 days of Ador, this hints to the idea of being the vatil of nullifying all negative things in 60. It means we know the concept that in food, so there's an idea of bottle beshishim, when a forbidden food gets mixed in with a permissible food, and there's 60 times as much, so then the forbidden food becomes completely nullified. So in other words, when we have 60 days of honor, this represents that we have the koyach now to nullify all negative things, and they are all transformed into good. And similar to, by food, that we say from the negative food, or from the forbidden food, now that itself became kosher, in a similar way, all the negative things are now becoming, so to speak, able to be consumed by the Eden, to become part of the Eden. All the negative things are becoming transformed into good, or similar to a Lush that the Alvinebis says in Talia, when you take sharp things, hot things, spicy things, and they're prepared well, that they themselves can now revive the person. So we have this advantage of transforming something negative into something positive and sweet. And finally, says the Rebbe, most importantly, that through the Chodesh Adar, we now get the Shleimus of the, the lunar year, where it's becoming equal and synchronized with the solar year, which, as we said, also is a hint to the time when Mashiach will come. When we say that the light of the moon is going to be as great as the light of the sun, and seven times as great as the light the way it was originally when the Abishta created the world, which is of course all going to be when Mashiach comes, when the Yidin too will be renewed just like the moon. So in other words, just to summarize the last few points, what the Rebbe is saying is that specifically because Chodesh Adar has a specially healthy model, because Moshe Rabbeinu being born in this month, this is exactly why Chodesh Adar has all of these amazing things. First of all, again, the double Adar, which also represents a double birth and a double strength of the idol. The idea of 16 days, which is Mavatel, nullifies all negative things, transforming them into positive. And furthermore, the idea of the moon becoming equal to the sun as it's going to be when Mashiach comes. Says the Rebbe, all of this is even more emphasized, where Shchidish Adorisha in the year that the Rebbe says the Sitra was on Tuesday and Wednesday, and Wednesday the third and fourth day of the week. And the Rebbe explains the significance of each of these. Yom Shlishi, the third day of the week, we know, in the beginning of creation, this is the day that it says twice Kitoi. And in fact, it's not only twice Kitoi for this day itself, it's also coming to fix up and to correct anything negative from the previous day where it doesn't say Kitoi at all, because that's the day where separation, Machloikas, was laid. So therefore, there's twice Kitoi on this day, both for this day as well as for the previous day. The fourth day of the week, Wednesday, is the day that the two great luminaries, the sun and the moon, were suspended, hung up in the sky to shine, which is again a hint to the idea of the moon and the sun being similar, as it's going to be when Mashiach comes before the moon had become smaller, when Vayas, Elohim, is now the Abishter made both great luminaries. 
Furthermore, the Rebbe says, when you have both of these things together coming Tuesday and Wednesday, Gimel and Dalit, the third and the fourth day of the week, Gimel and Dalit makes God. What does the word God mean? God means good luck, as Rashi explains the Kuwait, which just emphasizes even more on the idea that Adar has especially healthy and good mazal. And again, this is connected with the birth of Loisha on the seventh day of Andor. And the other says, this too is hinted in the Gimel and Dalad, the three and four, the third day of the fourth day of the week coming together. Three and four, of course, equals seven. That means that Moshe Rabbeinu's birth on the seventh day of Andor causes that the whole month of Adar should have an extra special, healthy, good mazal. And this is already included in the two days of Rosh Chodesh, the third day of the week, the fourth day of the week. Three and four equals seven. And God, being a good muzzle, right from Rosh Kodesh, we have this muzzle in the greatest and the best way. Send the Rebbe in CFA to explain this whole idea of the Yid's muzzle becoming stronger because of Moshe Rabbeinu's birth in the month of Adar, to explain it a little bit more and deeper. So the Rebbe explains what in this level called muzzle when we speak about Yid. So the Rebbe says it's known that the neshama of the wave came down in, into this world, it's only a small part of the neshama, only a little reflection, a little bit of the neshama that comes down into this world. Most of the neshama remains up above, and that is the part that's called mazel. And the other brings a few more chazal, which speak of, uh, speaks about the idea of mazel. Adam is the mazel, that a person has a mazel, the hakrotolib of mazel, everything is up to the mazel. What do we mean over here, mazel? The Rebbe is explaining it's referring to the level of the Neshama that's too high and too great to come down into the Gulf. But at the same time, Mazel is also from the word Noizel, means it's dripping down. It causes and is bringing down a flow of energy and life for the person down there. The fact that the Chazal say, Ain Mazel Yisrael, that you don't have Mazel, that's referring to something else. That's referring to the sun, the moon, the planets, the stars, all of the different malochim and so on and so forth, which is the things that goyim are more related to. Yidin are higher than these mazolis, but yidin have their own mazol. And on the contrary, the mazol of the yidin is so much higher than all these other mazolis. And the Rebbe says, this is another shot in the word, ain mazol yisrael, that the ayin, the level called ayin. In other words, ayin means nothing, but it also means that which is beyond our understanding. That which is beyond our knowledge. As the Pasuk says, Chochmah is coming from Ayin. So this is the level that's beyond understanding. This is the Mazel of the This is the higher level of the Neshama that's beyond Seichel and higher than the coming into the body of the Yid. And in fact, this is what gives the Yid that Koyar to have a Mesinah Snefesh, which is higher than Seichel. says that this idea is also emphasized in the birth of Moesha in the month of Adar which, as we said before, also represents represent the birth of all of the Eden, because Moshe, Yisrael, Moshe, and the Eden are one. Because what happens when a child is born? When a child is born, in the meantime, he doesn't have a name yet. So right now, we're dealing with the essence of the child, the way he is higher than a name. And it also hints to the etzim, that's higher than all of the different names that the Neshama has. Usually we say there's five names. But the essence of the Yid is higher even than the Yechida, because even Yechida is only a name for the essence of the Neshama. And that's exactly what we mean, that Chaydish Adar has a specially strong mazel for the Yid. What we're saying is that this is the time that the Etzim the very essence of the Yid, that level of Ayin, is becoming strengthened in the month of Adar with a specially healthy and strong mazel. Says that ever now we can also understand the special connection between the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu and Purim. As we say, Haman didn't know that Moshe Rabbeinu was born in Zion Adar, and eventually this led to the whole concept and the Yom of Purim. So the Rebbe says we know that all of the days that the Eden were in that danger from Zairas Haman, they were all standing with a tremendous Mesiras Nefesh. At every given moment, they were ready to give up their life to be killed, and not Chas to give up. And the Rebbe explains, this is the idea of Mesiras Nefesh al-Kiddush Hashem. Because if they would have wanted to give up Yiddishkeit, then Haman wouldn't have bothered them at all. His whole Zayra was only on the Yehudim, those that are denouncing 
and denying the Zorah and only going along with Hashem. And yet the Yidin are moisture and average. The Yidin are giving up their lives. They're prepared to die at any given moment. And Chas V'Sholem don't even entertain the thought to give up Yiddishkeit. The Koyach for all of this is by the essence of their Neshama being revealed. So that's what Purim is all about. It's about the essence of the Neshama being revealed with Sidas Nefesh, which is exactly the same point of what Moshe Rabbeinu's birth represents in the month of Adar. As we just said before, that the birth of Moshe represents the revelation of the essence of the deepest part of every single Yid. In fact, birth itself, birth of Moshe, the word later that ever says also means is revealed. In other words, this is a toy that the essence of every Yid comes out. Says the Rebbe, we could explain that this is also hinted in the words of the Gemara that Ador has a bori v'takif mazle, especially healthy and strong mazle. That means to say that the mazle of the Yid is especially strong and strengthened, similar to the idea of a Gavar Yisrael. And the Rebbe explains what that means. Since in the month of Ador, the mazle of the Yid becomes stronger, what becomes revealed is that deepest level of the essence of the Neshama, the Ayin. So that itself is revealing that strength of the the strength of the etzim anashamo that is the pintali, that deepest yinish spar inside of every single yid that has the koya to be moisture nefesh that strength to give up one's life for the sanctity of the Abishta's name. Says the Rebbe, this idea, the strength of the neshamo that comes out of the months of Ador is also hinted in the word Ador itself. The word Ador the Rebbe explains, actually means strength. There's actually a Gemara that says, One who wants that his property should last, he should plant an Ador, plant a tree that's called by this name. And the Gemara say, uses the Pasuk as a support, Adir Bamori Mashem, speaking about Hashem, how he's mighty on high. In other words, the whole idea of Ador is an expression of lasting of, of strength, and that's why it's full Adar. In other words, the month of Ador emphasizes the strength of every single Yid. Yidin that are called Adirim, also called by this name, and Yirgamora says elsewhere, Adirim, Elu Yisroel, Adirim refers to Yidin as the Pasuk says, Vadiri kol heftibam, which means to say that his mighty ones, Adirim, his mighty ones, is in who is, is all the light delight. So in other words, the idea of Andir is all about strength. And the Rebbe brings also food to Mepharshim over there that Andir is referring to the strength of the Yidin, where they straighten themselves as serving the Abish there. And more specifically, as it says, the strength they have from Mesidas Nefesh, being moister Nefesh for Hashem Echad, in a way that's higher than Seichel. Says the Rebbe, now we can explain on another level what the Medrash said before. Ador English because Ador doesn't have a school, and the Madl Dominant doesn't have a school. So now the Rebbe explains it that after we know that in Ador Moshe Rabbeinu was born, and we now understand that because of that, the Mazel of the Yid in Chodesh Ador is on a completely higher level. So now we read it not that Ador English because Ador doesn't have a school, rather Ador English because the I in itself. This level that's higher than Seichel, this level of the Neshama, the essence of the Neshama, the way it's higher than the Neshama that's in the body, etc. This itself is the Schus for Chodesh Adar and for its muzzle. Again, just to repeat or to recap some of the main points that we've been learning, the Rebbe is explaining about the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu Chodesh Adar, how it affects the whole of Chodesh Adar and all of the Eden, because Moshe Hu Yisrael, we're also explaining that the mazel of Kodesh Ador is something higher than all of the other months. And this is a shot aimed loyskus, that Ador doesn't have a skus, doesn't mean doesn't have a skus, but rather that the skus itself of Ador is a kind of mazel, doesn't have a skus, and a mazel is all about from the level of Ayin, which represents and is hinting to the essence of the Neshama that's higher than Musaikal and higher than coming into the body. The Rebbe says, I see involved. To explain more the connection now to the birth of Moshe to the seventh day of Adar. The seventh day of Adar represents, in a sense, the whole Shalemus of the Chodesh Adar. 
In other words, we have seven consecutive days. Then all days of the week, in other words. Within the month of Adar, we had seven days, so we already cover every single day of the week, the seven days with which the Abishta created the world, as they are in Kodesh Adar. So then, in other words, it's telling us that in a certain sense we have in Kodesh Adar, we have already any sort of given situation. We have all that straight from Adir Bablari Hashem of the strength of the Abishtar had already permeated to every aspect of the world, to every aspect of Adar. The Rebbe says the word Adar itself also hints to this idea that the Amishter is coming down into every aspect of the world. How is that? Adar is spelled Aleph and Daladresh. The Aleph is a hint to the Amishter. The one who's a master over the world. The Dor means to the expression of Dero. That the Amishter is having this Dero B'Takhtoidim dwelling down here in this world. And even more so on Zion Odor. Which... Zion, as we said, the seventh day represents all the seven days of creation. Then we used to say that the Amishter is coming down into the Dira and in every aspect of the creation and of all seven days. This is even more emphasized when we look at Moshe Rabbeinu's achievement and what he has done throughout his life, which is, of course, all included in the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu and Zion Adar. Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that put up the Mishkan, bringing down Gilead Likus for the whole world. And as the Medrash says, there were a Shredish Nisl came along. The Avishta commanded to build a Mishkan. The Avishta sent a message to Moshe Rabbeinu because the Yidl were a bit hesitant. They said that we made the Mishkan. When is the Shina going to come and rest in our work, in what we have done? So the Avishta sent a message to Moshe Rabbeinu that that I have already come down to my garden, referred to the Yidl as Achoisi Kala, my sister, my bride. Amar It doesn't say over here legan, rather it says leganing. It's it's referring to my special place, the place where I was originally, because where else was the Shrina initially, if not down here in this world? But of course, when other Mauritian said the Shrina went up from the first from from this world up to the first heaven, and then eventually after Laura Averis, go finally the Avera of the Egyptians, the Mitzrayim went up to the seventh heaven. Then came all seven Sadikim and brought the Shina down into this world, starting with Avraham Avinu from the seventh to the sixth, and finally Moshe Rabbeinu, which Kalashvi, who that is the seventh, and Kalashvi and Havivin, all seven, they are especially beloved, brought the Shina down from the highest world, from the from the higher worlds, down the Tachtoyim to this lowest world. Moshe Rabbeinu was the one that brought it down, La'aretz down to earth. Just want to point out a very interesting halar, a very interesting footnote over here. That while the Mednish that the Rebbe brought to the Sicha was in the name of Rabbi Shloel Barabi Oisi, in the Medrish, in another Medrish, the Rebbe says in 81, the Medrish actually says it was Omar Rabbi Menachem was the one that said it. Rabbi Menachem, the son in law of Rabbi Lozar Baravuna, in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar And the Rebbe says over here a beautiful thing, which is, of course, very strongly hinting, of course to our own time, and to the Rebbe, and so on. The Rebbe says that by the fact that it says that who is the one that said it, Omar Rab Menachem, the Rebbe says, Yeshua, we could say that this is actually hinting to the ultimate, Hashroah Sashkina, the way the Shkina is going to come down through Moshiach Goyal Rishon, which is also Goyal Achroin, whose name is Menachem. The name of Moshiach is Menachem. So therefore we have the hint of the Shkina coming down here to this world through Moshiach, whose name is Menachem. Says the Rebbe further in the Sitra. We know that the beginning of the putting up of the Mishkan was something called Shiva Simea Miluim, seven days of dedicating and preparing for the work of the Mishkan. Why should have been setting up the Mishkan every day for seven days and taking it apart? So this is in the very last days, the seven last days of the month of Adar, starting from Havdivul Adar all the way to the end of Adar. So the Rebbe says now we have two parts of Adar. We have Why should have been Zion Adar being born. And though we have the last seven days of Adar preparing the Mishkan, the Rebbe explains, in the beginning of the month of Adar, what's mainly emphasized is the strength. The Adu, we said it in the words, word of strength, Adir Bamari Mashem. We're more focused on the idea of the Aleph of Adar. In other words, the way Hashem is higher than the world. Adir Bamari Mashem, Hashem is up on high. Then we have the continuation of the month. First of all, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu being born. 
And then, of course, all of his avoid and finally at the end of the month, in the very last week, where Moshe Rabbeinu is setting up the Mishkan. Here, what's emphasized is mainly the Dalad-Resh part of Adar, the fact that the Amishter's door is dwelling down here in this world through the Mishkan. Nevertheless, even at the very end of the month of Adar, where the Mishkan is actually set up already, Moshe Rabbeinu put up the Mishkan, and he's serving in the Mishkan, and so on and so forth. In the meantime, the Shrinoah was not dwelling in it yet. In other words, it was not so much coming down to shine in this world. It was still Adir Ba'lorim Hashem, Hashem shining up in the heavens. Because the Gili, the revelation was still higher in this world. And finally, a Rosh Chodesh Nisan is the time when the Shrinoah came down in a more permanent way on the eighth day of the Miluim. And then continuing in the twelfth days of the Nisim, bringing their Karbonis, their special Karbonis of dedication, from Rosh Chodesh Nisan until the 12th day of Nisan, each Nasi bringing another day. But the Rebbe says, this emphasizes even more so the idea of bringing Yalikus all the way into the world. And the Rebbe explains the significance of the number 12, because we were just speaking about the 12 days of Nisan, when all the Nisim were bringing their Karbonis to finalize that, the bringing down of the Shrin into this world. And the Rebbe mentions a number of things regarding 12. First of all, the Rebbe says that there's 12 different combinations in Shem Havaya, the name Yitzke Vavke, which means the Abish just creating the world, has 12 different combinations through which time itself is made. So that represents that Elikus came down into the Gedorian, into the, into the boundaries, and into the definitions of time itself. We also have the 12 months of the year, as well as Space is also related to the concept of 12, a concept in Kabbalah called Yudbeis Gavulei Awachsoin, which we won't get into right this second. But that means to say that even within the world, within the parameters of the world, with all the different details of the world, within the Yudbeis, the idea of 12, again, representing both time and space, into all of this is coming down the level of Elikus as it's higher than the world, because that's exactly what Chodesh Nisan is all about. Nisan is also the Lord of Ness, and we sing this in miracle of miracles and so on and so forth, and bringing down all of these things, the greatest levels of Elikos into our own world. Just want to point out an interesting footnote, Ha'ara 92, which seems to be very strong, where is hinting to the Rebbe's own birthday on Yudalafnis. And the Rebbe says, We just spoke about the idea that there is the 12 days of Nisa which sort of bring down finally the Shkino all completely. But the Rebbe says, when does the, the Mishkan complete it? After all these 12 days on the 12th day, that means after we add 11 days. 11 represents the level that is higher than the 10. 10 is usually the spheroids. 11 represents the level of the Kus, which is higher than the Likus. And this level of 11, the way it's higher than the world, is coming down into the world, into all the details of the world. And it's again the same idea that we've been speaking about before, bringing down the highest levels of only cause into the world. Says the Rebbe in Siv Zayi, so too when we speak about the fact that the Yidin are especially, their mazal is especially strong in the month of Adar. This too is connected with the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu is born and specifically on Zayin Adar, the seventh day of Adar. The Rebbe says, well, we say that the mazal of the Yidna are especially strong in the month of Adar. We're not only speaking about the way the Neshama is up there above the level of the mazal, but also as the Neshama is coming down here into this world and into the Gulf. As we said before, the word mazal also means noisel, it's dripping down, coming down from above down here below. And therefore, the month of Adar, the mazal of the month of Adar, is also affecting and strengthening the Yid as he's in the Neshama inside a physical body, also as he's involved in worldly things, as this too is emphasized in the seventh day of Ador, which as we said before, is hinting on making the door, the dealer, the dwelling place for Hashem, for the Aleph, for Hashem, in the seven, the seventh day of Ador, in the seven days of the week, the seven days of creation. In other words, even though the mouth refers to that level of the essence of the Neshama, the way it's higher than the body, or the level that we call Ayin, something that's beyond, something that's not understood, representing that strength of Mesidas Nefesh, which is higher than intellect. Nevertheless, we're not speaking about going out of the world, leaving the world. 
with Mesidas Nefesh in the literal sense, but on the contrary, taking that Mesidas Nefesh and that itself, bringing it down into all matters of our avoid in the world to make the world a dear of its actoining. And as the Gemara says, if a person has a court case with a goy, he should try to make sure it's an Chodesh Ador that it has because it has a healthy muzzle. In other words, that this muzzle, this healthy muzzle of the Eid is not only concerning matters of the Neshama, matters of Torah and Mitzvahs, but even matters of the world, even when you're dealing with a non And the Rebbe says this too is emphasized, of course, in the whole idea of Purim. What are in Purim? Hanuman's Xayr was nullified. And the Eid did not have to have practically Mestidah's Nefesh and give up their lives, in order not to give up Yiddishkeit. And on the contrary, they overcame their enemies. And all the fear of the Eden was upon the Goyim. And therefore they're able to continue doing Torah and Mitzvahs in the most comfortable way possible. Only the Simcha, the Sosin, the Yikari, the literal sense, and also as the Hazal tell us, the various different Ruchinis, the things that it refers to. And the Eden were able to have Simcha and Mishta, joy and happiness and Yom Tov, etc. In all 127 countries of the king. And in a way where Mordechai becomes a, becomes a second in command to Achashverosh. Nevertheless, says the Rebbe, the Nes of Purim and Chodesh was still in a way where we are still servants of Achashverosh, as the Gemara uses that expression. In other words, even after the Google of Purim, Yidin are still in Golos. And not only that, we had we had the Churban of the second base on Mitzvah, this very long and bitter Golos, with all of the terrible decrees and Holocaust, which surely will never happen again. But all of these things that we had in previous generations, up until the generations, until the generation, where so many thousands upon thousands, myriads of Yidin were Moisar Nefesh al Kiddush Hashem. So, in other words, Yidin at the time of Golos are still in a situation where we need to have this strength of the Etraman this extra strong muzzle, to have a Mesidas Nefesh for Echot for Hashem Echot, which is basically a uh, uh, sort of motion of being higher than the world. Adir Bamorim Hashem. It's still more about the Aleph, in a sense, being higher than the world. The greatest and most complete gili of the Kus of the world will be in the third base Amigdash, the base Amigdash that Hashem himself made, which will be by the third ghoul, as the Postacles are said by Yoim Ashlishi, the man of initial Lefano, when we will have the eternal base Amigdash, the eternal ghoul after which there is no goals. And this specifically is Shaykh the Chaydish Nisan. Again, as opposed to Chaydish Adar, which still, in a sense, is in some way connected to a goals. Chodesh Nisan is the idea, where the Nisan Nidaluyidin were redeemed in Nisan, and in Nisan Yidin will all be redeemed as the Apostle says, Kimetzeis Chameretz Mitzrayim Arenu Neplois. And this is the day when the Mishnah of the month when the Mishkan was set up, including also the third base of Mikdash, and when the Shkina finally was dwelling down here in this world. So the Rebbe now explains and says, now we can start understanding the connection of Zion Ador with Parshas Tetzavah. Which we said, Zayin Ador, is also the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu. We said this is the time when Moshe Rabbeinu's mazel is strengthened, and by extension, the mazel of all the Yid have a strong and healthy mazel. That strength, they even have Mesiras Nefesh. And all of this is hinted in Parshish Tetzavah. And the Rebbe goes through the first Postak in the following way. The Postak says, Viyata Tetzavah is B'nai Yisrael, you will command the Yid and V'yikhoi Lakashem and Zayizog. They will bring to you pure olive oil, cause this Lamar crush. For the luminary Lahalus near Tomid to shine in an everlasting way. And the Rebbe explains the words of this Pasuk. Ato refers to Moshe Rabbein and the essence of Moshe Rabbein, even higher than any name. And as we said before, this is the essence of the Neshama, the Mazel that's higher than a name. The Vav, Viato, represents the concept of something being drawn down sim- similar to the, to the actual shape of the Vav where something is coming down from higher up, lower down, meaning to say that it's dripping down, coming down from the essence from the muzzle of Moshe, to come down to the Yidin. Titzavez B'nai Yisrael means Moshe Rabbeinu is connected with every single Yid. The word Titzavez is an expression of joining and connection. So that every single Yid is also standing with this strength and with this health to have this greatest level of their essence and the Shoma revealed. The pastor continues that through this, the Yikhwe Lachov, Shem and Zayizov, Kosis Lamor, they'll have this pure olive oil, which is crushed and brings out the more, the luminary, the greatest level. The Rebbe says this is all a hit for the idea of Mesidas Nefesh. The Razal tell us 
the desires, the hour is moisture nefesh for the Kedusha Hashem, for the sanctity of the Abishta's name. And that is what it means. Kos Islamor. Yidin are compared to an olive that only produces its oil when you crushed it. In a similar way, the Yidin are banged around and knocked around by the Goyim from place to place. They have all the pain and the suffering of Golos, but that itself is strengthening their Etzimana Shavu, the idea of the oil, the pure oil, which comes out to shine. And the Rebbe explains what's oil. We know that oil, even if you mix it with all other liquids, it always remains on top. Zah, pure, it remains without sediment. Elamor represents the source of the light, even higher than light. And then the Pasuk includes that just like the oil brings light, in a similar way, the base Hamigdash brings light for the whole world. As the Pasuk says, Hebrew will go by your that the Goyim will go by the light of the Eden. And that's why the Eden are called Zayas Sarada, like a fresh olive, because they bring light to everybody else. In other words, the whole purpose is not about the Sidaf Lepish to leave the world, but on the contrary, the Moshe Rabbeinu and the Eden, the Atta Tetzaves B'nai Yisroel, and the essence of the Neshama, all come down and shine in the world, similar to the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu being born on the seventh day of Andor, which is all about that the mazel of Moshe Rabbeinu and the Eden are being drawn down and shining into the seven days of the week, the seven days of the world. So too says the Rebbe at the end of the Parsha. The Parsha, towards the end of the Parsha we had, about building the Mizbeach for the Ktoiris, and how the Ktoiris needs to be brought every single morning when the Neiros or the candles of the Menorah are set up, and when the when the candles are lit, you also need to bring the ktoiris. What's the idea of ktoiris? The word ktoiris in Aramaic actually means a bond and a connection, a knot. In other words, this is the knot of the connection between the Yid and the Amishtar, and the expression, but chad ketiris katana, that a Yid and the Amishtar are all one, but again, shining in the world, similar to the candles and through the candles. Says the Rabbi Nsif Tez, based on all of this, we can now explain the two reasons. Why in Parshas Tetzavim, Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned, we said the two reasons were because Moshe Rabbeinu passed away in the month of Adar, and Zayin Adar, and because he said, erase me from your Sefer, and how these two things are connected to each other. The reason why Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not specified in Parshas Tetzavim, and we said it's next to Zayin Adar, is not only because Moshe Rabbeinu passed away in the month of Adar, which rep- is represented by the fact that we take away Moshe's name from the Parsha, but even more so connected to the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was born in Zayin Adar, and as we said before, that wipes away the negative trace of the Misa. Because the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu in Zayin Adar represents the revelation of the essence of the Neshama, the essence of Moshe, even higher than a name. And that's why he's not even called by a name, by the name Moshe, and in the whole parish he's not called, called by the name. Rather, the Atto is being referred to as you, the very essence of Moshe, and in the back, related to the very essence of Hashem himself. And since the birth of Moshe, which we just said means the essence of Moshe, the way it's higher than a name, on Zayin is connected to all the Eden, because as we said, Moshe is Yisroel. That means that the Etzim and Hashem of all the Eden are especially strong. And as emphasized in the beginning of the parsha that the Atah, the essence of Moshe, and the essence of Hashem, is in a way of viata, which we said, which means it's drawn down into this world and is connected to Tzava with the essence of Enemyid. Therefore, what else is hinted in this parasha is that the parasha when we read close to Zayin Adar, we are also speaking by the Messiah's Nefesh, the Moish Rabbeinu has for the Yidin. In other words, we're speaking by the essence of Moish Rabbeinu, the way it's even higher than Torah. What does he say? He's asking that because on behalf of the Eden, his name should be erased from the Torah. And his name is not mentioned. Rather, what's mentioned? The Atto, the essence of Moshe that's higher than a name. And this is emphasized even in a more revealed way by the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was born in Zion Adar, meaning to say that the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu, the essence of every year, the way they're one with the essence of Hashem, that's what's being revealed. The Rebbe says, now we can understand that the reason of Mechedin or Mesifrachah, that Moshe Rabbeinu asked for his name to be erased, 
is connected to the idea of Zion Adar, which we read close to Parshas Tetzavah. The day that Moshe Rabbeinu was born, which we just moved the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu coming out, which is connected to the essence of every single Yid. Because this is the true reason for his Mitzirah's Nefesh, for all of the Yid, by saying, And if the result of that, his name is not mentioned in Parshas Tetzavah, which we read close to the day of his birth, and in fact, not only we don't mention his name, but we're speaking about Viata, we're speaking about the very essence of Moshe Rabbeinu himself. So in other words, to summarize it, to recap, maybe the main point over here is that we're not only looking at the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away and that's why his name is not being mentioned, Adirab, on the contrary, we're speaking about the fact that he was born and that this is the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu, even higher than a name, and that this is connected to his name, Messias Nefesh for the Yidu, and why his name is being erased from the Torah, and in fact, what we're looking at now is not his name, but his, the essence which is higher than a name. Says the Rebbe in Sifiut. But in order to understand Sifiut, just important to mention that the Sufi is coming in connection to a terrible, terrible tragedy that had happened in Crown Heights just before this. And the Rebbe was speaking over here about the murder of Mrs. Lapine, the special Leia Lapine. And the Rebbe speaks about it now in the next few paragraphs. The Rebbe says the Sefiut. All of this that we said before about the common theme between the birth of Moshe and Zion Adar and Parshas Tetzal, that both of these represent the essence of the Yid, that a Yid has the strength to be Moshe and Nefesh for the sanctity of the Abishta's name, is all emphasized even more so in something that had just occurred very recently in this neighborhood, a situation of Kiddush Hashem Barabim by a Yiddish woman. The Rebbe said, by first prefacing, that we know that any Adamo, which means to say none of us could really understand, and we don't want to understand why this all took place, why did Hashem cause this to happen, especially when we're speaking about a young woman, a mother of young little children which need their mother and are going to miss her. But the Rebbe says we cannot elaborate about these sorts of things of complaints against the Abish there, Famous postic that too much words could cast a shalom lead to negative things. You should keep your words very few. But nevertheless, we need to emphasize this great union of a Kiddush Hashem Barabbul that happened over here. And most importantly, to scream out to the Amish there about the length of the Golos Ad Mosai and to demand of the Amish there we should now and to do whatever can be done that the Golos should come immediately to the Mashiach and Kainu. When there will be a Ketil Verana Nushari Leofar, will be Trias Amesin, starting with the Tzaddikim that get up immediately, and amongst them, also, and right in the beginning, also this Tzaddikis that was killed on Kiddush Hashem, the taken from Yad, immediately should once again meet as an Ashamah Begulf with her family and her children, and to be able to continue to educate them and to raise them with Toyo of Hupal of Maisin Toyim, which is Simchol of the and the Rebbe said in, in Sifidal, first and foremost, the great Kiddush Hashem Barabim that happened over here. It is known that the Chazal tell us in a number of places about the great amazing schools that reward for Kiddush Hashem, especially something in public. And even more emphasizing the Kiddush Hashem Barabim when it's in this neighborhood, the place where there's a shul at the base Medrash and place of Maisim Tonyim, this triple holy house of Kloit Kiddush Hashem Barabim the Moon, the Sidere referring, of course, to 770 which all of this makes the Kiddush Hashem Barabim even more powerful and stronger. To speak even more, to clarify even more the great in of a Kiddush Hashem, we find regarding the base Yosef, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, that because of his very, very high and great level, he was deserving that the Amish should give him the schos to have him see that nefesh or Kiddush Hashem. For some reason, something happened there that wasn't exactly according to his own level. He was punished, and it was not Zoycha to give up his life for Kiddush Hashem, it was considered a punishment. Even though later he went ahead and he had the schus to make the Shulchan Aruch and to paskin for Yidin for all future generations, and yet we say that that was still only part of the, it was all, it was a punishment that he didn't have Kiddush Hashem. So in other words, the fact that he made the Shulchan Aruch is not as great as his Mesidas Lefesh and Kiddush Hashem would have been. But the Rebbe says, and this is also connected, of course, to what we were speaking before about Moshe Rabbeinu saying that his name should be erased from the Torah. Here again, we have the idea 
that Moshe Rabbeinu's Mesirat Lefesh for the Yidmu is higher than his connection to what he has to Torah. He's giving up, so to speak, on his cause to be written of the Torah by saying, I should be erased from the Torah for all of Torah because of his Mesirat Lefesh for the Yidmu. Similar to the idea of the Shulchan Aruch, that authoring the Shulchan Aruch still does not come to the greatness of Mesirat Lefesh for Kiddush Hashem. Sent her in addition to the great meaning of any sort of Kiddush Hashem Barabin, which is the general idea of Mesidas Lepesh, just need a lore emphasized by the Mesidas Lepesh of a young woman, a mother for little children, because as fact, besides for her own Mesidas Lepesh, in a sense, she's giving away, being moister, also her little children, by leaving them, giving them up, by knowing the great yearning that her children will have for her, giving up their education, their funeral. So the Mesidas Lepesh is even a greater Mesidas Lepesh than her own Mesidas Lepesh. And therefore, this is considered a Mesidas Lepesh on top of a Mesidas Lepesh. Says the Rebbe in Yud Beis, but notwithstanding all of these greatest in Yadav of Kinesh Hashem Barabin, since we were Yoytza already, without a question, more than enough, Mesidas Lepesh on Kinesh Hashem, through all of the terrible things that happened to this bitter Golos and this long Golos, up until this generation, so he didn't scream out to the Edimister, Ad Mosite. How is it possible that after all of this bitter goals, we still meet some sort of Mesidas Lefesh al Kiddush Hashem of a young woman, of a mother, of little children? Even if the Edimister wants to have Nahasuot from Mesidas Nefesh. So, in addition to the fact that we yoyed some Mesidas Nefesh for so many generations previously, so it's another Mesidas Nefesh from the fact that the Eden are another moment in goals. Yidnar and Golas for already over 1900 years. Mashiach still didn't come yet. We finished all the avoid in the time of Golas. We did so many things in all possible ways, including the Simcha of the month of Adar for 60 days. And we don't know what else could be done. And yet another week passes, another day passes, another moment passes. And still the Gula and Mitzvah Vashlema did not come before El Mamash. And not only that, such an absolute terrible thing happens that it can be within Golas itself, such a terrible thing. That a Yiddish woman, a Yiddish mother of little children, has to be moist in there for Kiddush Hashem. The Rebbe says the only comfort we could take from this is that it, this should be the last such incident of Mesiras Nefeshal Kiddush Hashem. And more importantly, that in the course of this Sadeh, that was moist in Nefeshal Kiddush Hashem, together with the merit of all Yiddish and Kanyas and all the generations, till the Nishayi Yisrael, Atzit Kanyas, the Sadeh of the healthy Nishawis and healthy bodies in this generation. We will be Zoyche immediately to Gula Amitis Vashwemo, similar to the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which happened in the merit of the Norshim Sitkodios, and so too by the future Gula, which will be immediately in the schools of the Norshim Sitkodios of the generation. And there will have the ultimate Kiddush Hashem, the ultimate sanctity of the Yavish Tazlai, which is the general idea, because generally the whole idea of Golas is the opposite of a Kiddush Hashem. The Pasuk says, Shmi My name is being desecrated by the Goyim. What is this Chilul? Rashi explains the fact that the enemies could come along and say that the Abishad didn't have the ability to be able to save his people and his, and his nation and his land. So what's the Kiddush Hashem? The Kiddush Hashem happens through the Golah. As the Pasuk continues speaking about how the Yiddish just says, my name will be sanctified. And the Goyim will know that I am Hashem. When I sanctify, when I become some sanctified in front of your eyes, by taking the Eden and gathering them from all the countries and bringing them to their old land, the Yiddish just says, that's the way I'll become greater and sanctified. And all the Goyim will know that I am Hashem. Concludes the Rebbe, the Rebbe says, the from all of the above, the Rebbe says, coming from Zion Adar, which is in Parshish Tetzava, which both of them emphasize the strength of the mazal of Eid, the strength of the etzim anashom and the essence of Eid, as it comes down into the world, not Mesidas Nefesh going out of the world, but rather in the showies and physical bodies for many happy and healthy long years. We need an ad, but we need an increase, and with extra highest is all of our activities in learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, specifically spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit, and our scissors to the outside in order to bring about the which then will be the greatest revelation of the essence of the Yid, as the Yidn and Hashem are both one, will be revealed in the whole world, which will become a deal for the Abishta down here in this world. 
to put it in a little bit of different words, the Amboido Chodesh Ador, which is especially strong and healthy mazel, is about bringing about the which is also called Adir, as in the posture, which then it will be revealed in the whole world, the mazel of the that the Yidden are called Adirim, together with the Eidmishter, which is called Adir Babori Mashem, which will be revealed in the whole world, which will become a dira for the Eibishter. The Rebbe says in Yudalud, this will become even more Gishmak. When we look at the Parshias that we read in the Torah in the months of Ador, and the year that the Rebbe is saying the Stichah and the two months of Ador, how they're all connected to the building of the Mishkan, which the Shleim was the ultimate perfection of that will be in the third base of Mishkan, which light comes out to the whole world. And of course... The whole world becoming a place for the Amishter, similar to the base of Mishnah. The Rebbe now goes through the next few parshias. With these few parshias and the next few parshias. First of all, we have Tilmut Tetzava, where the Yidna are being commanded for all the work of the Mishkan. The Big Day Kuhuno, the dedication through the Yemei HaMiluim, including the idea of also the Midrashachanti Besoicham, and eventually the Nigdash Bakhreni Lushachli Besoicham, where the Amishter resting and dwelling amongst the Yidna. Parshas Kisisa, the Rebbe says, Kisisa, it's very good to all. Lifting of counting or lifting of the heads of the Eden as the Remez are the greatest Aliyah. Lifting of the head of the Eden, which will be by the Gula Mitzvah Vashlema through Mashiach Tzadkenu after the tremendous Kurban of Gauls. Vayakil Pekudeh is the Eden actually fulfilling the work of the Mishkan and the Big Dikuna and setting up the Mishkan practically, which is of course also hinting to the Shleimus in the third base of Mingdash. And Pekudeh, which literally is referring to counting, enumerating the various things of the Mishkan, but it's also a remez too. Then Beis HaMikdash that was taken away through two Korbanois, as Rashi explains, similar to Mishkan, is also from the word Mashkoin, similar to something that was taken away as a security, as an apostle, taken away and now being returned to its owner, because the third Beis HaMikdash is called Mishulish, is also triple, because it also has the advantages of the previous two Bate Mikdash and the Mishkan, and then there will also be the Vayakal, the gathering of all of the Eden, through the Goyal Rishon, or Goyal Achorin, through Mashiach, and which is also the same Nisham as Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Apostle says, Vayakal, Moshe, Moshe gathers all of the Eden, and there will also be the Pekude, the counting, the tenth counting of all of the Bnei Yisrael. From there we move on to Parshas Vayikra. Vayikra, El Moshe Hashem, calls out to Moshe Rabbeinu, and Hashem speaks to him. This is a calling out, and the speech of Hashem, which Hashem speaks to every single Yid in a way that every Yid gets to know the Yid Sav. So once again, as Hazal explained us, the word Sav, which means command, but it's an expression of a zeros of doing so in haste immediately, because immediately all of the Yadav Parsha Sav take place, including all of the Chinu, the dedication of the Mishkan in the seven days, which starting of Chagimul Ador, moving from there on to Parsha Shmini, the eighth day of the Miluim, in which the Tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu and Ari both come fulfilled of the Inoyev Hashem Alekeinu Aleinu, that the Yedishtah's pleasantness should be revealed down here on us. And as they said in the Tefillah, they wrote something that the Shechina should dwell in the work of the Yidl. And the Rebbe says, we are Shloimus that are a leap year. So the Shloimus of the month of Adler is being emphasized how great it is and better, in a sense, or greater than all of the other months of the year, also the fact that we read these parashiyas of the Torah, that also parasha Shmini, which parasha Shmini is speaking about how the Abish is already coming down into the Mishkan, Arish Chodesh Nisan. But now we're reading it in Chodesh Ador. So then Chodesh Ador, we explained before Ador, we said is more about the way the Gilead comes from above. Nisan, we said, is more about the way it's coming already into the world. But when you're reading Parsha Shmini in Chodesh Ador, it means in Chodesh Ador, you have already the advantages of Chodesh Nisan. Concludes the Rebbe's Tift as well, the Yerot, and most importantly, that we shouldn't have to wait the full two months for Chodesh Nisan. And Chodesh Nisan, Nigal, the Yid were redeemed in Nisan, it will be redeemed in Nisan, but already in the beginning of Chodesh Adorishan, and especially from Zion Adar, and its flamers when it comes to the Shabbos of Yud Adar, which is the culmination of the Holy Week. So already it should be the Gula Mitzvah the building of the base of English Ashlishi and its dedication to Poyal Mamash. And to add that in the leap year, when you have two months of other 60 days, then we are yearning for Kodesh Nistan, even more so the month of the Gula of the Eden. We're waiting for it for 60 days. 
that itself hastens even more, brings about the gilu of the Yanov of already in the beginning of the month of Adar. And all of this has a special advantage because this year, Yud Aleph Nisav, is being is the conclusion of the Shnasat Tzadik, the Rebbe's 90th year, connected with Kapitel Tzadik, which comes after Kapitel Peites, which speaks about the Eidishter anointing David HaMelech, and concluding with Baruch Hashem, Amen, Amen, and Kapitel Tzadik we had, the Noyim HaShem Elekeinu, last year, Deinu Koinaneu, which refers to the Shrina dwelling in the third base Amigdash, by the Yidner, this generation, completing all of the Avoidah, because this is the seventh generation, in which the activities of Moshe Rabbeinu are completed and concluded, the Goyal Rishon, the first Redeemer, was also the last Redeemer, by bringing down Elikus into the world, making it a dinner betachtoinim, but chayin ti alonu, and so too it should be by us, that on Yud Aleph Ad, 60 days before Yud Aleph Nisan, should already be completed all of the Yunyanim of Yud Aleph Nisan, that Rebbe says on the 11th day of Nisan, we know as the Nosiyam Bnei Asher, the Apostle says, May Asher Shmeid Allahwe, that Marsha specifically came very rich in fatty foods. The Toygil Bashem and Ragwe, immersing this foot in oil, which is connected again to the beginning of Pasha's Tetzava of taking pure olive oil. And also the beginning of Pasha's Kisisa, which we start reading in Mincha. It also speaks about oil, which is again connected to the Indian of Mashiach, the Apostle that we said before, Matsosi David Abdi Bashem and Karchi Bashakim being anointed with oil. All of this. Is the Kistisa Esroish B'nai Yisrael is mainly the uplifting and the anointing of the Roish B'nai Yisrael, the Moshe Rabbeinu, the Goyal Rishon, the Goyal Achar, and anointing him as Melech HaMashiach, which will come and redeem us and take us to the Mishra Arzainu, take it for me, Mamash.